0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
1: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash impact. The following podcast is a DR Media production.
0: Welcome to the Absolutely Not podcast where we do the most and the least at this same damn time. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. I'm your girl, Heather McMahon. Great to have you here. I'm excited to bring on my guest here in just a moment, Kate Kennedy of the Be There in five podcast. She's great. She's a really smart, funny female. I enjoy following her on on the tweets and the TikToks. It's our one year anniversary of her inviting me on to go on her podcast. So I said, Hey girl, please come on mine. She's a hoot. She's a holler. We just, we're going to giggle. She's a wordsmith though. I will say she's so like highly intelligent. When I talk to her sometimes I'm like, God damn Kate, just say the word cunt. You know what I mean? Like I'm sorry I use that so freely, but you know, I'm like, Kate, hey, you're just very, she's just very smart, uh, which is what I need. I need to surround myself with smart women in my life. Cause I'll tell you what little update. I've just fucking had it this week. You know, I am richly blessed. I am in, I know this is a hard year for everybody and I'm in no position complaining, but what's been a wild realization for me is how many how many hoops I've had to jump through recently and get yeses from men in order to just do what I need to do, which has really just fucking set a fire up my ass. Okay. And I mean it. You know, update got denied for a lease on a car. Who the fuck knows why? Rick. I, y'all, I'm transparent with y'all. These are the honest conversations we're having. Is my credit great? Not great, but it's good. Good to get it. car lease. I'm just at this moment right now where I've had to constantly ask men for permission to do what I need to do. And I'm just about to take a fucking checkbook and just buy this fucking thing. I was told to lease a car through my production company so that that way, you know, it's a tax write if It's smarter to do that because I literally need it to go to work. But apparently, because my business is fresh, and my personal credit is an uh, 899. I'm getting told no. I'm just fucking fired up. I just got the email before I started recording this. And I just got my literal tits are smoking. I'm so pissed. And listen, I know about fucking credit, guys. Because let me tell you something. My father owned one of the biggest credit bureaus in the southeast. He basically invented the online credit report, the software for it. Okay. That's what he fucking did. Did I maybe fuck my credit a little bit? Take a dip? When he died, and I just bought things to fill the void in my deep, dark soul for sure. Did I build it back up when I started making money? Yeah. Am I savvy? So I don't know why it just fucking burned my fucking biscuits that some dude named Rick's like you've been denied. (laughs) Y'all, this is just my life, though. It's stay fucking humble. I'm being so transparent with y'all. I know if you listen to the podcast, you really know every in-depth thing about my life. You're not just like an Instagram. Tatiana, you're like, no, bitch, I'm invested weekly. And I know you've been wondering what the car saga's been. I picked out my car. I got excited. And now I'm just like, fuck it. What do you need? What do you you need to pay the, the entire lease up front? I wanted to buy the car. I could buy 10 of the cars. And that's not me humble bragging. It's a really hard year for a lot of people. The irony of all of this is where a lot of people are. I was for like five years, two years ago. Do you know what I'm saying? I was pulling out coins out of a couch in my mom's basement to get a burrito bowl at Chipotle. And God bless me, He set me up for success. I had a strong year last year. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to reward myself, get a little whip. I've been so fucking financially savvy, smart. I was like, I'm not going to go for something flashy. I'm going to get out there, check the air pressure on the tires. You know what I mean? I'm going to get something with the consumer reports, you know, five stars. And then I said, fuck it. I worked my ass off. I'm going to get what your girl wants. And they denied me. Are you fucking kidding me? I just, I'm so fired up right now. I actually have to go meet my, quote unquote, financial advisor. You know, once you get like finally like one decent job, they're like, you know, they're like, hey, somebody's got to tell you what to do. And I love him. I'm not. Scott, if you're listening, I fucking love you. You know, I love you. But I warned him. I texted him. I said, we're going for lunch. You better order a bottle of Rombauer Chardonnay and a burger with fries with extra aioli on the side because your girl's hungry and thirsty. Riddle me this. If I got to fucking send a titty pic to this guy named Rick. So he'll approve me for my vehicle. I'll fucking do it. I don't care. It's just been one of those weeks where I'm tired of asking dudes for permission. And you know I'm not a man hater. I love. I've got a great partner in my life, Jeff. He's fantastic. Uh, you know I have, I have wonderful producers that are men that I work with. Like I'm not one. I'm not. I'm not angry in that. I'm just angry that I work my fucking ass off and I gotta wait for some guy named Rick to email me fucking back to tell me you've been denied. <laughs> I wanted to buy the car in the first place. But all these other men told me, lease it. Be smart. You probably want something new in three years. Da-da-da-da-da. Yada-yada-yada. My dead father, I know, is rolling over in his grave. He's like, bitch, I told you. You go in there with cash. You show a little titty. Show a little leg. Get yourself what you want. I did it by the rules. And I got denied. So stay humble. I'm about to get Kate on here, but I said I was not even going to bother her with this because like, I just feel like I'm in a really dark, angry place. And listen, I'm going to figure it out. You know what I mean? I'm going to go to him and be like, what do you need six months up front? You need to, you know, baked statements for the last two years to show you that I'm, I got some coin. I don't know what to tell you, sir. You think you are living life and then God just like wheels you back. He's like, bitch, just get another Jetta. You and I both know you love it. You skeet, skeet, scoot, scoot around town. Just get another Jetta. Don't try and be something you're not, bitch. Just get a fucking jet up. Go down there, buy with cash, then take it to a chop shop. Have them fast and fucking furious that shit and start doing, you know, Tokyo drifts around your mom's gated community and be like, suck of my dick, everybody. I got cash to buy the car. And also my credit's good. It's not perfect. The problem is I closed three credit cards last year. Swear to God, I did because they, I had like this card that had like no limit. It was like my student, you know, card from like college. And I streamlined. Once I started cooking with gas, I streamlined. And here I am, denied. This shit's so fucking funny to me. It's so funny. And listen, like I said, you know, I know a lot of people are having a tough year this year. That's been my last five fucking years. You know, 2019, we started getting a little momentum. So God, God, I was in a dark place. And then God set me up and he said, okay, let's go. You've done your time. I'm an independent woman. I want to be able to go, go say, I want that one. I want a black with the white interior, the fucking souped up wheels. And I want to listen to Meg The Stallion on blast as I drive through the Chick-fil-A drive-through. That's what I want. Why? Because I've done it. And if I got to deal with Rick telling me yes or no, It's not going to be good. Okay, you know what? Let's stop the negativity. I need to get that positive energy on here. I'm so excited to bring her to the studio. She's fantastic. You should listen to her podcast, Be There in Five. Y'all know I got a kitty cat named Delta and she's just the love of my life. She's pushing 12 years old now, you know? And I got to keep an extra eye on her. You know, we're having to deal with the dog in the house and she's having to learn how to get along with Rigatoni. But the good thing is she knows that I'm taking extra good care of her because I got her the best litter in the game and that's pretty litter. It's literally... Litter reinvented. Unlike traditional litter, pretty litters super light crystals trap odor and release moisture, resulting in dry, low-maintenance litter that doesn't smell. If you've ever had a cat, you know there's nothing worse than that kitty litter smell. Here's the thing. It's also virtually dust-free because it's manufactured with a specialized de dusting process that's right less dust and no fuss pretty litter arrives safely at my door in a small lightweight bag that lasts up to a month which is so key there's nothing worse when it's like 10 p.m. at night and you got to run to the pet store because you're freaking out because you don't have any litter but above all here's why pretty litter is a pet parent's hero it's a health indicator Literally, it monitors my cat's health by changing colors when it detects potential underlying issues. There's a guide on the back. So say if her alkalinity's off, if there might be blood in the urine or anything, literally, I know that's a crazy thing, but you can't, your pets can't talk to you. So this is a way for me to monitor as the litter changes colors if I need to like, rush her to the vet if something's going on. And you know, I love my kitty girl, my Delta Burke. She's just the light of my life. So I want to give her the best, which is Pretty Litter. Get the world's smartest litter without leaving home by visiting prettylitter.com. Use promo code absolutely for 20% off your first order. That's prettylitter.com, promo code absolutely for 20% off. prettylitter.com, promo code absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get some female power in here. Welcome to the podcast, Kate Kennedy. I don't edit my photos. I really don't. I'll put a filter on, but I just physically, my the pads of my fingers are too fat. I don't know how to face tune. I've one of my girlfriends is like, she's much younger and she's like, send me your photos, I'll do them. I'm like, no, but to me, my audience knows they want the real shit, right? But like more power to anybody who can filter it and not make, you know, the fence behind them look warped. Like, good for you, go with God.
1: One of the reasons I feel like the Kardashians are little on the outs is because they're very much the type of early 2010s, like fame of aspiration, of editing, of photoshopping. I even feel like now the currency is relatability. Like people don't want a pristine photo of you. People relate to you and are engaged if you actually seem like a human. And it'd be more fun if content wasn't, as their content wasn't as curated. So I actually think that that's kind of a mistake on her part to not seem more realistic, but I guess she doesn't have like a normal life. Completely. Do you follow Addison Ray and her and Courtney's friendship?
0: So bizarre. It's so
1: bizarre. They're 20 years apart in age. Is Addison 18 or is she? She is
0: 19, actually. Okay, so she's a legal adult. If she was like 16, I'd be like, there's something weird with the parents there. Like, are they getting a kick? Like, what's going on? Yeah, I, I think the whole relationship is really fucking weird.
1: To think about her a year ago, she was a student at LSU that was just starting out on TikTok. And then she got so popular in like two months time that she dropped out of LSU and now eats avocado smoothies daily with Kourtney Kardashian. It's like, what a life what a, what a progression what a difference a year makes what a hope for us all. <laughs>
0: literally the hope for us all. And I think about like, if I was like my freshman year in college and somebody approached me to be a star, like I was making curated Facebook, you know, I was walking around the club and I had like my digital camera on the string around my wrist. You know what I mean? Like, and if you lost it, you were fucked. You're like, better hold on to that camera. You know what I mean?
1: Oh yeah. And like, forget editing. Not only did you upload every single unedited photo, you even uploaded like the pocket shots the, the, the duplicates, there was no refining of those albums. It all went up. And it was a real touch and go. And you got an email the next morning that you were tagged in like X number of photos in album, ladies, leave your men at home or like whatever (laughs) it was.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It was like, can't tell you what happened at the library sports bar, but I'll tell you what happened. Click on these photos. We were actually doing clickbait before it was clickbait. You know
1: what I mean? 100%. It did a segment on my podcast once where people submitted to me their most like problematic Facebook album titles. And like... (laughs) (laughs) It was actually hilarious because we just did not get the immortalization of our behavior on the internet at that point. So... Any song lyric exactly. out you know, people going on a mission trips, album missionary style, not totally appropriate, yeah. but clever. No, <laughs> but also I see what you did yeah, there. Exactly. You know
0: what I mean? Exactly. You know, it's interesting. I never really got into Twitter just because I, honest to God, I couldn't figure out the format. Like I couldn't understand how to retweet and tweet. I know it seems it's probably like so simple, but I just couldn't wrap my head around it. And one of the interesting things with like kind of the conspiracy theory world of TikTok is all they're trying to drag some of these tweets that people have tweeted about random shit and kind of spin it. And there's some days where I'm like, that makes sense. And then there are other days where I'm like, no, literally this, this these people are nuts. Where do you fall in this like whole conspiracy theory world? Cause I get scared. I'm just scared of the reality of what actually might be happening in our world.
1: You know, I think the tough part is like there is credibility and a conviction with like Epstein and Ghislaine and these people that is real. Child trafficking is real. But these issues are agnostic of political parties. That's a a human thing, a, a criminal thing. And it's an issue that transcends your affiliation politically. And when I think people try to align serious issues like trafficking with a political agenda, especially one that's extreme, it's a bit of a problem because not only does it dilute and kind of distract from the problem at hand, it also kind of it's this weird like division of if you don't support like QAnon, you're for child trafficking. It's like, are you? Nobody is yes. for child. Are you kidding? Yes, that's exactly how I feel. And my
0: thing is, I'm like, listen, if Trump can somehow, if he is on it, if he's on the pulse, if this is all going to come to fruition, if John F. Kennedy Jr. is alive and well, and all this shit's going to pop off more power to him. You know what I mean? Like, show me, let's go. I'm here to save the children. If they're in the tunnels, if they're near a bridge, like where are the children? Let's save them. But it does get a little crazy when people are like, if you don't support trump then you support child trafficking you're like that's I, I i don't know what to say i just want to see a female empowered in the white house
1: oh, you know what i mean oh, right like, i'm not asking for much <sighs> i'm not asking for and much. it's so highly offensive to respond to somebody's well-intentioned question or doubt with you're a pedophile i mean it's a little aggressive right and i know you get a little <laughs> you get comments i mean i'm sure you get dms too like I used to sell on Wayfair. I knew I had a good idea of what was going on when that, people thought they were selling kids in storage lockers. And I just tried to explain it just so people weren't scared. Like if I were a parent, I'd be horrified seeing this stuff. And I mean, people were like, you live too close to me. You're in Chicago. You're clearly involved. Your last name is Kennedy. And I'm just like, wait, I, I can't get a Nobu reservation. Like I'm not connected. Like nobody cares. <laughs> I'm not part of the deep state. Yeah, it gets very.
0: It can go to an extreme very quickly when you're like, I, I just literally am trying to figure out this information along with you. I just found out about this three days ago. Like, let me just catch up to speed here. Like, clearly, yeah. If you were a real Kennedy, like a real Kennedy, I feel like you'd be spending your summers in Nantucket.
1: Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Or I would kick the bucket by now. I'm not related at all, but it's like that was kind of an interesting lesson to me. And like. How somebody can like take something random about a person and like just blow it out of proportion and out of context, you might believe it. But I'm like, I'm not related. Like, but I get the logic of going there. It's just, yeah, it's it's interesting. DMs can be an interesting place, but I think that like for the most part, people are. I think most people that share a lot of the trafficking stuff maybe don't know the depth of what it's associated with. And that's kind of like the point is trying to kind of like hide the talking points in there. But I just, I think TikTok has like calmed down a bit with like the the world's ending vibes that were a little tough amidst COVID.
0: I don't know if you ever got involved in this, but I literally had such intense night terrors because there was a couple, there were a couple folks on TikTok that were time travelers. And literally one guy would be like, On August 11th, it's going to be a hurricane that's going to wipe out Texas. And literally the comments were like, this guy's for real. He's actually time traveling. And literally I have been, my anxiety has been through the fucking roof. And I literally was getting my nails done yesterday. And I was like, what's today's date? I was like, oh, fuck. Okay, August 11th has already passed. You know, we have not had this, you know, this horrific, catastrophic hurricane. But it really at 4 a.m., it gets in your mind and you feel like you're going
1: nuts. Well, yeah. And if you've watched one too many, like on like the History Channel, Nostradamus documentaries. Do you know that guy? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, of course. Nostradamus. (laughs) My boy. I love him.
1: He speaks in sweeping metaphors and people are like, he called it. He called it. He said, like, two twin brothers would fall, the twin towers. And it's like, he said brothers. You know, you can can really spin anything into anything.
0: And I know that we've all been, listen, locked up in the house raw. We're trying to figure it out. We're trying to make sense of it. I saw something really funny on Instagram. This guy said, good luck, guys. We only have like five more months left in the year. And then it was like, oh, but we have the election coming, another round of COVID. Like, it's very hard to find that silver lining and to find that light at the end of the tunnel thinking we're going to get out of this. It's just on the other side. Like I need something to look forward to because my anxiety is through the fucking roof. You know, I love a cool, crisp glass of Chardonnay at 5 p.m. every day. But you know what? Sometimes you have a few too many. I've got something that can help you really combat, fight, ward off those next day blues. You know, there's nothing worse when you wake up in a hot sweat, cool sweat, any sweat, brain fog, that anxiety the next day. And I'm talking about DHM detox. I'm gonna let you know how it's helped me. Here's the thing. It's a risk-free purchase. So if you aren't satisfied, they will refund you. DHM Detox is a vitamin for people who like to enjoy alcohol. It's a smart, responsible way to enjoy your booze. Whether you hate that next day awful feeling or just like to enjoy a few drinks here and there, DHM Detox is a must. Enjoy your drinks and forget about the brain fog and all that crappy feeling. This is the science behind it. DHM Detox uses science with a blend of antioxidants and vitamins to help boost your body's natural response and help break down those toxins while you're sipping on your face. Favorite beverage. Just take two capsules after your first couple drinks and it goes to work. They come in convenient packs that are easy to share with friends and family. Now it's a key part of my drinking routine. Here's the thing. I've got 20% off for your order and free shipping in the U.S. God, I'm getting so excited. Head over to nodayswasted.co slash absolutely and use promo code absolutely at checkout. That's nodayswasted.co.co Slash absolutely check them out and hey send them a message on Instagram if you got some more questions they get right back to you and I'm telling you
1: you're gonna to want to have this with your Chardonnay well I think the added thing too is like I feel like in our positions you're self-employed like you're always trying to like get to a place where you feel like you've accomplished something concrete even though you're probably raising your own bar because you know you're an ambitious person but And as women, like in our 30s, like time's a thing. And like, I never want time to pass fast. I'm always like fighting time. But now I'm just like, can we just fast forward right on through the rest of this year? Like, I just don't even want it. And I've never, ever felt that way in my life because time's so precious otherwise fully
0: agree with you. And now I'm like, okay, well, if this year's a total fucking wash and I'm not on tour, maybe I'll take November to freeze my eggs. But then I'm like, do I want to be freezing my eggs during the election? Because then you can't drink while you do it. This is what keeps me up at night where I'm like, all right, well, I feel like I need a plan for the future because now all the things I was going to do this year are pushed two years later. And then, you know, I I may be fucking dried up. Well, maybe dry, no children. You know what I mean? And then on the other end, I go in a deeper spiral where I'm like, fuck, I don't want to have kids because they may end up on Wayfair.
1: You know what I mean? Oh, right. (laughs) Everywhere you look. (laughs) What was the theme song of everywhere you look? I was just thinking, I was like, was that Full House? Full House, yeah. Funnier times. But yeah, everywhere you look, there's a reason to feel, yeah, like things are daunting. And even like, oh, oh, sorry, that's Tugboat. It's okay. Um, I love it. You, yeah, you mentioned your unruly dog. A podcast is not great for an unruly dog. I'm constantly dealing with
0: this. Y'all, just so you know, we are trying to record this on our, you know, respective recording devices and do it on Zoom. And like, we're halfway through this. I'm like, God damn it. I forgot to hit record on the Zoom camera. It's too fucking hard to do this shit at home. Truly, like I'm the kind of person I need to go into a studio. I need full quiet and just like be in the zone and do my fucking thing. My mom doesn't, my mom does not think I have a real job. She will come into my room. Interrupt my podcast. She's like, oh, Heather, you just podcast. I'm like, that's the only thing that's paying our bill. Right.
1: You know, people don't get that. It's an actual job that like people live off of. Just like radio. Yeah. It's it's I think it's just so closely associated with like a hobby. Yeah, I typically just lie. And I'm like, I mean, that there's a that TikTok video that's like, I'm an accountant. Nobody asks you questions when you say that you're an accountant. And I, and I relate to that in terms of like, you just don't always feel like explaining. And then people pull it up. They read your reviews. They might play it in front of you. It's awkward. Oh,
0: very awkward. The funny thing is, since I moved back in with my mom, you know, it's an older demographic in this neighborhood. And um, whenever I get like reintroduced to a neighbor, they're like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm a comedian. And immediately, immediately the dad, who's always named like Daryl. Daryl's always like, hey, tell me something funny. Oh, you're a comedian? Tell me a joke. And I literally just like my soul leaves my body. You know, I'm like, here we go. We got to do this again. So I should say I'm an accounting. You know, I'm an accountant. Yeah, I crunch numbers. I do taxes. You know, nobody asks follow up questions.
1: There's like, oh, stop right there. Like I don't, I need not know more. But if you're, yeah, if Daryl is like, oh, that girl said she had a podcast down the street. He listens to it, and it's like the episode where you like had the Starbucks coffee issue, where you just like launch yeah. in, and it makes it's like it's kind of a funny thing where like one of my really close friends told these women in his office to listen to my podcast. It happened to be an episode where I talked for 90 minutes about dipping sauces. He was like, I didn't realize I was recommending your podcast the week you talked about dipping sauces. It was like a joke and he, and they were returning customers. It didn't go well. I I was like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) out of context, it's hard to be funny. (laughs)
0: Well, and too, I feel that podcasting is, you know, I say whatever on the internet, but podcasting is just a more intimate, raw, like... People who are tuning into this, they know every facet of my life, right? It's just a real place where you can be totally uncensored. And it's interesting as we go through this year, I hope that that doesn't change. You know, uh, there's already kind of like a weird conversation of like what is okay to say on stage as a comedian. And for me, I've always just stayed in my lane. I stay, I I speak from my point of view, my human experience. I don't talk about like other races or anything because that's. I I haven't lived through that. You know what I mean? So I've always, I don't want to say not been controversial because of that, but it's interesting in the podcasting space, it's just a real home to say whatever the fuck you want. And I hope that that doesn't change. I hope that this continues to be a place for people just to be really raw
1: and honest with shit. What do you feel? uh, Have you got any feedback on your end? It's interesting because it's like, yeah, you think back and you're like hours, weeks of me talking about whatever the hell was happening at that time. And who knows what I've learned or how I've evolved since then. And it does, yeah, it's a little concerning when people kind of seem to dig into tweets and back catalogs to find things. But like, I really have nothing to hide. You have nothing to hide. I think that when it emerges that there's like issues, I I think typically there's like a trend there and it's not a one-off. You know, I think if you have the discretion and know your limits and what you're comfortable talking about as you would with any other human to be polite person and stay within your boundaries. Like, I think that there was a time or like we were, I was telling you the other day, I'm like, remember when we were like worried about getting canceled for plastic straws? Like I was scared then. Yes. But then <laughs> now I'm like, I kind of wish I got it over with back then. And I was in a rebuilding Dude, phase now.
0: It's fucking crazy. I mean, it's it's interesting. I've been doing these pitches for, you know, trying to sell a show. And at the end of every pitch, I kind of just say like, and also you should buy the show because I'm not a male comedian who's a fucking creep. Like, I, like I'm like i a good person, you know? And a lot of these studio heads laugh at it. And they're like, yeah, you know, I'm like, it's time to give, you know, smart, funny women a platform and, and to celebrate that. Because look, you let the guys do it for so fucking long and they all ended up being molesters. You know, or, or you,
1: <laughs> get, you give them a platform on The Bachelor, an influencer career. You don't even scroll two weeks deep in their tweets to see that they're horrible. It's like, do your due diligence. So I fully support you being like, Hi, I'm unproblematic. Just a heads, if that makes any difference to you. <laughs>
0: I'm sure I've said something stupid in my day. Call me out. Let's have a chit chat about it. My apologies. You know what I mean? Hey. Yeah. Let's get into something more superficial, surface level, because I feel like we need to really bring the joy back into our lives. I have this problem. You're. <laughs> Yeah, no, Indeed. it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but you know what? You and I see each other on Instagram and we're both kind of like thinking the same thing. So this is just a real raw conversation of us being able to like peel apart the layers. Like I'm afraid of QAnon even though I haven't done anything. I feel like they're going to come for me. You know, you're a big T Swifter fan. Oh, yes. Right. Yes. Like huge. Yeah. I got to be honest, love the new Folklore album. It just tickles my taint. It's great. It's easy listening. I was never a huge fan of her in the sense of just like, look, I don't go crazy, but I like, I enjoy her music. You know, I think she's saw the documentary, think she's a lovely woman. Tell me what is so passionate for you about T-Swizzle.
1: I think historically what what I found so interesting about her is she kind of, um, the way she like markets and the way she would hide things in lyrics She kind of builds treasure maps that the only remedy for them, the only way to find the secret is more consumption of her product, which is just a brilliant marketing move. So if you want to know about her life, you have to listen to the lyrics, you have to dig into them, you have to find the secret messages. It's kind of just smart. And I've always been really interested in her from a marketing standpoint. And I think that she's a really brilliant songwriter in, in an industry where a lot of people are just kind of the talking head or singing head, if you will, for other people's work. And she takes a lot of pride in it and she doesn't get enough credit for fighting for artists which I think is really cool. She's really changed a lot of how people get comped for streaming. And even, like, she's a little younger than me, but her music, she came out when I was 19. And every phase of my life, I, like, I kind of associate roughly with some of her music. And I almost think the timing of that alone has a very uh, sensory attachment on my part. Because I hear love story. I'm, like, taken back to college and and being like, oh, my God, I hope somebody will ever... love me, love me. <laughs>
0: literally. See, this is how i feel about this is how i feel about mr 305 pitbull like when oh. i hear you know what i mean like grab somebody sexy tell i'm like i literally just start weeping i'm like this oh. is me in my early days in new york in a nightclub on cocaine living my life you know what i mean going
1: down yelling timber pitbull actually is a person too where if you look up his hits you like don't realize he's had like 40 number one hits it's kind of wild
0: I went to his concert kind of like as a joke. My best friend bought me the tickets because I always talk about how like, I'm like, I just fucking love Pitbull. I love everything he's about. I love the suits. I love the vibe. I love the dale. Like I love it all. And then I went to his show and literally, you don't realize you know every lyric to every fucking song. I was like, damn, he's a hit maker. Yes. And now I'm fully oh, on board. Factory. Like my dream is to meet Pitbull. Yeah, factory. Hit factory. <laughs> what do you
1: think is the yeah. most underrated Pitbull hit?
0: Well, it's actually not underrated, but Kulo is oh. It To me, when that comes on, you, you kind of forget that it's Pitbull. But that when that song, when that beat starts to hit, it sparks a joy inside the deepest part of my body. And I can't even describe it. Like I could be at a funeral and they could start playing hulo and I'm just like jamming
1: <laughs> You're through just the graveyard. Worldwide. You worldwide
0: know what This I mean? <laughs> is
1: worldwide. I think yeah. Go Girl's really um, underrated in the grand scheme oh, of things. Yeah. It's really good. And I just uh-huh. don't hear it often. I'll see if my bring producer, it bring it Michelle, is yes. listening to this,
0: <laughs> if we have the rights to it, play a little go girl. Okay. So, Kate, you've been in Chicago during quarantine. Break down. Do you have any like big city? Absolutely not. I left New York. You know, I came down south to keep an eye on my mother. But what's life like been in this crazy quarantine 2020 in Chicago?
1: It's crazy. I have never, ever in my life wanted to live in a suburb. But now I'm just like, I want space. I would love a yard. I'm very triggered by right. pools. No offense. Yours is lovely. It just, it really seems amazing. And I'm happy for people who have found themselves in front of pools. And I've even like been looking, have you heard of Swimpley? That company that's an Airbnb of backyard pools? Like you rent the pool for the day? (laughs) I am like, that's actually a genius. They're so expensive for maintenance wise. And apparently this company is doing well. And like, yeah, you rent it, like we'll buy the hour. And the key is you got to find someone in the fine print who says you can use their bathroom because a lot of places don't. And I'm like, what do you expect is going to happen? That's foul.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're just, you're literally promoting (laughs) people if they don't, or a bush. You know what I mean? I got to be honest with you. I was never a pool peer. It just grossed me out, even on like swim team. Like I remember when I was in the thick of swimming and like doing those meets, these like, you know, relay athletes would just pee in the pool. I just,
1: I can't, I it's not in me. The ocean, yes, pool, I can't. Pool, there's an ethical dilemma there. I mean, really, you, you right. have to actively decide to do that. And I just don't feel comfortable with people that think that like others should in their own pee, but I guess athletes do it out a function. But yeah, my swim team days were very short-lived, so I don't even remember getting that far into it because I agree. I was always a little iffy about the pool. My swim team days were... Uh, I wore a
0: racerback Speedo oh, suit yeah. that was three sizes too small. And then my mom would always get my heat times mixed up. So I would hit the all you can eat country club buffet and I'd have like 65 chicken tenders and like three loaded baked potatoes because that's kind of fat ass kid I was. And then they'd literally call me over the loudspeaker. Heather, go to block six. You're you you're up for like the 400 butterfly. And i would be like, motherfucker, I'm going to cramp this whole way. Like I'd always miss the wrong time and eat before I swam. That's just... That was me living my truth.
1: Stuff where you have to go off a block when a thing starts, too much for me. I, that, the, right. that level of anxiety of, I got false starts every single time. I get too excited. Just not, not this poor for me. My mom, she sent me a gift of like my keepsakes because she's trying to get my stuff out of the house. All I had of like awards, I, she's saved a fourth place like backstroke ribbon. And I'm like, why would you say, it's like sad. It's like why my only athletic that? feat from my childhood. But It's almost poetic to me in that like, yeah, who cares? I feel like your whole life people want you to be the best at stuff, but you never stay with anything.
0: So just enjoy it. I have said this from the beginning. I think one of the reasons I will have success is because my parents at a very early age were like, you fucking suck at X, try Y. Mm, Do you know what mm, I mean? My mom was like, Heather, you're too large to be a gymnast. Let's hit the soccer. And then soccer was like, your legs, your your thigh chafe is too hot. It's too much. Like I would literally run down the soccer field and have flames coming out of my fucking legs as a kid because it was too much heat. So, you know, once I figured out like theater and comedy, I just stayed in the lane. I think that's the biggest thing is as a kid, if you can tell kids Figure out what you're good at at a young age and then just fucking go full steam ahead.
1: You know what I mean? The interesting thing about being an adult though is, like, I hate working out, but I like sports and I kind of wish I had like a leisure country club sport to like make gal pals and play tennis or golf or something. Oh, you belong to a country club. I guess they're not probably in operating now. I'm a great golfer.
0: I'm bad at tennis. Apparently, it's much harder to teach a golfer how to play tennis than the opposite Interesting. yeah because in golf you take a full backswing but in tennis it's a very controlled short swing right so my tennis coach was like yeah it's gonna be a long <laughs> long <laughs> road ahead <laughs> I
1: was like fuck you I was like all right Chad I'll stick with golf I just you want know to I mean? gossip I just feel like the tennis ladies the USTA people like so the, they they always are like uh, loose lipped. It's a great
0: time. Oh, the women on like the Ulta team. I think it's Ulta. They get so fucked up. It's like DUI city. Yeah, I'm here for it. I just want to party.
1: It's like your um, your HOA. You know, I can't believe the things people say. It's good
0: material. <laughs> oh, it's insane. Now that I've moved into the house and I'm in the skating community. I mean, the the fucking hoops you have to jump through to like, you know, change a flower bed is fucking insane. It's insane. Are you in a condo? Yes. Okay, so are,
1: you have to deal with your HOA in your building. So we rent from an owner of a condo, but okay. But watching the HOA interact is a big reason of why we don't want to own the city. I think anytime you share walls, it's a real toss up. And it's a building of people that have lived here 30 plus years. It's an old piano factory. It's got its issues. And people, they're just reassessing thousands of dollars. It's like tuck, do tuck pointing on the brick. They, it took them a year and a half to decide on lobby furniture that they ultimately took away because it didn't look that good and they never replaced it. I'm just like, I don't have time for this. Like I I would lose my mind trying to like negotiate in this way and I get a kick out of it like watching other people's sorrows. But I think that if it were my home, I would actually be really frustrated.
0: One, the fact that, you know, you've put all this money and effort into owning something and you still have to get somebody else's permission to fucking do something. You know, that's, That's what's insane. So we want to paint the house. And my mom's like, well, you know, the HOA is going to be upset. They say there's too many white houses in the neighborhood. I said, listen, we're going to tell them that you have full-blown dementia. And then I just, you just, you know, the painter showed up and I'm going to, I'll talk to the guy, Rick, down the street, like, Rick, you know, Robin's not well. I'm like, mom, you're in your 70s. Just play dumb. Play crazy. Like, I if we got if we want to make some aesthetic changes, we're going to do it and blame it on your impeding dementia. Yeah. Just tell Daryl it's part of your comedy bit. Have you learned anything new about yourself? In this year, I feel like it's a really good time when we've been stuck in our homes, deep in that dark place of TikTok to really then have a reflective moment. Do you feel like you've
1: changed as a person this year? I mean, beyond my middle part, I feel like, which is like a superficial change, but, you know, changing your parts, it's a thing. I've been experimenting because I haven't been going to get highlights. I want to, but I'm not going anywhere and I'm kind of trying to wait. So I do actually, as dumb as it sounds, I actually feel like I'm a lot lower maintenance, which I don't hate. I love that. I'm
0: on here, no makeup, like sweating through a bra. I'm surprised I put one on. I'm just over it. Yeah. But I only have two modes. I either have troll underneath the bridge or full fucking Kardashian glam. There is no like throwing on a cute little thing just to run some errands. I don't have <laughs> right.
1: Do you have that? Or do you have like a good middle, middle of the road? I like, I'm a person, I'll put on mascara to go to a CVS. I like a corn jean. People are making fun of me a lot for wearing jeans at home. But like, I think when you work at home for a really long period of time, you realize that sometimes you have to feel like a person to yeah. be productive. And I've been working from home for years. And I think people maybe realize that now. But at the beginning, I was getting trolled hard for just trying to like, I don't know, wear a blouse now and again. But at this point, I don't, I mean, I don't even care. I I feel like it's been a good exercise and like, I don't know. I feel, I guess I feel grateful that like, I just like spending time with my husband and our life isn't too contingent upon like our social. You know, a lot of times like there's like social couples that are, their life is contingent on their like crew and they just do stuff all the time.
0: Oh, the fucking cruise. Yes. yes. I know all about it. I'm marrying an Italian. You better believe we can't go to dinner without 16 right. fucking Goombas coming with us. Right.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah, honey. It's been a good exercise to be like, oh, this is great. We can coexist nicely. We can live our life. The thing that sucks is I haven't seen my parents, but fingers crossed, going in September. But you, you talked about last week how you felt safe flying. Congrats on Diamond, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. A big
0: year <laughs> for me uh, with that. No, honestly, flying is fantastic. And I know you're based out of Chicago, so it's a big United hub.
1: Who do you fly? Do you have allegiance to any airline? My ranking is United, Delta, JetBlue are my three okay. you know ideals. I don't know
0: what United is doing for their protocol, but literally like not having somebody in the middle seat and... I just thought Delta has done such an amazing job. And it's also about protecting their employees too. And I, you know, obviously I'm in a hub. I'm in the national hub, Atlanta, Georgia. And I have so many friends that work for Delta, but they're like, we actually feel taken care of. You oh, know, where totally. I have other friends who work for American. And they're like, we're basically being thrown in the goddamn river, you know? Oh,
1: my sister flew to Chicago for work two weeks ago on American. The guy next to her went to the bathroom and smoked a cigarette. There's literally two, two lights, no smoking seatbelt. Like that's the most not much less in a pandemic. That was reason enough for me. I was like, yeah, I, I don't know what it is about about American. I just feel like it's a free for all. I can't. It's a
0: free for all. Good luck. Buckle up. Grab a bottle. Hunker down. Pray for daylight. <laughs> uh, no. Now, have you have you not seen your parents? Because you just don't feel comfortable traveling. Or are you protecting them? Like,
1: what's what's been the the, the lag of time for that? Yeah, like they live in this really rural area in North Carolina that like has no cases, and I just feel ir- irresponsible being a person coming from like a hub, like a city. But Chicago's in better shape now. So yeah, hopefully I'll go for my birthday and I mean I'm excited. My mom's they stock the fridge. It's glorious. I have chocolate milk. I have like yeah. white cheddar popcorn. I mean, they get all the things I like twenty years ago that like I still find such comfort in. White cheddar popcorn
0: is my downfall. White cheddar popcorn finger, it
1: actually gets a little thicker. You can you know, it's like mucusy. you don't think <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's hard to get really off. <laughs> Wait, can uh-huh. I ask you a question about when you said Delta earlier, it made me think of, I did a podcast about dress codes, like goofy dress codes for like weddings and parties and stuff. I had so many submissions that were like Mississippi Delta as a dress code. Do you know what that is? Cause you went to Ole Miss, right? Well, okay, here's the deal. So in the Mississippi Delta,
0: there is like the very rich, rich, like old, old, old farm money. And then on the other end of that, it's like duck hunters and farmers. So we could go either way. But there's a phrase that we say in the South, like suited and booted. You know what I mean? You're going out, you're getting suited and booted. I have a, a bunch of sorority sisters from the Mississippi Delta, and when I say they, you know, they're putting on the dog when they go out. They look so goddamn over the top. Like that's how I learned how to really like step into my femininity. Was living at Ole Miss and learning like really how to fuck with a like, hot tease roller. your like, hair a technique. The higher the hair, the closer to God. Absolutely. But I don't know. I would I would need to uh, talk to my girls in the Delta and figure out exactly what they're referencing. But now you were doing a poll, essentially saying like what it's like to go to these different parties or a wedding. And what, is it A, to either be themed in dress or to just dress like casually?
1: Even the most clear Emily post of dress codes, formal, semi-formal, cocktail, whatever, you even look up their definitions and it's like impossible for women because semi-formal, it's like, you can go formal or you can go cocktail. And it's like, well, then why is it, is it its own category? Like, and I think it's really uncomfortable to a wedding, especially to show up really over or underdressed. And then it kind of... Sp- Viral into people being like, oh no, like people make shit up on their wedding invitations to kind of like match the scenery. So it's so much craziness of like mountain chic, but then it's like, okay, mountain chic can be Aspen or Pigeon Forged. Are we Paltrow? Are we Parton? Like we got to (laughs) clarify.
0: Yeah, I could be Appalachian Trail mountain chic. You know what I mean? With some Tevas and some nice cargo pants that rip off at the knee. Like what the fuck do you want? I like, when people are specific and not indecisive and like, just tell you what they want. I'm supposed to be getting married in September and our, uh, you know, it, it's a shit show, whatever. But Jeff and I have been to so many fucking weddings over the years. It's always black tie optional. I said, no, oh. fuck this. That's so confusing because you kind of get snubbed if you wear a short, fun dress, you know, or even like something, a high, low dress where it's like a little sexy in the front, you right. know, more formal in the back. So I said, fuck it for our wedding. It's just gonna say black tie. And if you show up in a jumper, a onesie, a bikini, I don't give a that's shit. That's on but you. <laughs> I want you to know that it that's on you. Exactly. <laughs> Now you got married in Italy. We've talked about this before, but you got married in Italy. Was it just the best experience ever?
1: It's just special. It's it's the difference between an event and an experience. And I think that like we were on the tail end of people getting married. We'd been to a lot of weddings and we were just like, if you want to come, come. You clearly like us a lot. And it kind of filters out to make sure the people that really, really care are there. And beyond that, like, I don't know, wine and service and everything was actually more affordable than Chicago because there wasn't that arbitrary markup. Just the level of service and
0: what you get over in Europe. I keep telling everyone, quit getting married at your country clubs or that bullshit like banquet hall down the street that you got to spend $600,000 to uplight and add tchotchke bullshit. Just go to a beautiful vineyard in Italy and your real friends will show up. And if they don't, tell them to go fuck
1: themselves and you're already on your honeymoon. Like just, you know, streamline the operation. Oh, absolutely. And it's like, uh, to me, that's like a fun, th- I love like making a weekend out of anything. Like I love having multiple right. opportunities for like funny stories and memories. I could not have been more hungover on my wedding day and I wouldn't have it any other way. Cause like, I just never been so happy in my oh, life fuck, to be really? around. Yeah, there's no possible way to be around everyone you've ever loved on Friday and not rage. It's impossible. And when brides <laughs> go to bed early, I'm like, I just don't even know. To go fuck it. yourself. Right. Cause it's like, you're, this is, the, these are the two nights you've got. You gotta enjoy it. Right. And Pitbull, give me everything tonight, you know? Thank you. <laughs> Live, laugh, friggin' yeah. love.
0: In Italy. Yeah. I know we got rescheduled to next summer. We'll see at this point, like Jeff and I've been together so long and I feel like we've been engaged since January of 2019. We haven't even had an engagement party at this point. I'm just like, let's just see if it happens. But I feel like I have to start finding things to look forward to. It was too stressful to try and look forward to a September wedding in Italy. Like I was like, they're not going to fucking let us in the country. Let's just reschedule it for next year. But I will say if it gets canceled next year, I will be unwell. Like, do a wellness check on me. I will be really fucking unwell.
1: An entire calendar plus year of everything being, life being put on hold. So everyone's milestones, educations, careers, it's just like, it's too hard to comprehend to the point where you can't catastrophize in that way. You just have to, I almost say like, I am glad I didn't know how long this would last in March, April, May, because I I would I would have been worse off. The only positive was like, oh, if we just do this now, it'll be over soon. And now I'm used to it. Right. But it is kind of a funny thing where you when things happen now, you're like, oh, so it will be the worst case scenario. And that's like your normal. Like there was a there was a tornado warning here. And I was like, oh, so it will flatten the city hunker down. And I'm just like, I feel a little bit more peace now with the disappointment, I guess, which is sad to say. So it's really interesting you say that because I always
0: talk about this when you're going through grief, two types of people in this world, people who've experienced it and people who haven't. And that's no hate or shade to anybody who hasn't been through something. But when you have gone through something like like when I lost my dad, I was like, oh, nothing could be worse than this. I have lost the one human who I'm like so deeply connected with. I have felt that immense torture and grief and just like gut wrenching where my soul has been, you know, pulled out of my body in the sense where when COVID hit, it's obviously dark times for a lot of people, but it was really interesting to see the reactions of folks who had not lost a parent or a loved one or been through something who haven't been through that trauma. And it was just so interesting. My sister called me and she was like, haven't you noticed everyone's freaking out? And she's like, do you feel oddly cool? I was like, yeah, because we've already been through a level of trauma. Right. All my friends who've been through some heavy shit recently are like, oh yeah, We've been through it. I feel it. All right,
1: we're along for the ride. Like you just kind of
0: buckle up and you're like, let's see what the fuck happens.
1: Absolutely. And no, I think that's an important thing to like even point out for people to be aware of because even the nature of your job, you have a level of tolerance for ambiguity, right? A lot of people know every step and everything that's going to happen for the next amount of time. Like I don't have that luxury. You don't have that luxury. So even I had a level of comfort that I feel like people around me didn't have even just from being like, well, our nine to fivers. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. The grief piece, absolutely. It's like when this is like happening, and you made like a fight or flight decision. You're like, I'm going, like I'm getting out. And I think that was really interesting, like an intuitive of you to be like, I want to be with my mom. I'm going to get out of here. I'm not going to ride this out because had you done that, you would have been stuck, stuck, stuck
0: in New York. Oh, you know, what's crazy too. I sometimes look at DMS when people are like, you fled the city. Like as if I'm governor Cuomo and my job was to keep an eye on New York. I was like, no, I have an older mother who lives alone in Atlanta that your girl had to go keep an eye on.
1: You know what I'm saying? And you stayed at your um, neighbor's house. That was like my yes. ideal suburban woman's home with all the amenities and like oats and labeled canisters. So oh, many oats. I yeah. love the oats.
0: <laughs> we did it obviously the smart way, but it was just really wild when some, woman was like, you've, you've abandoned New York. I was like, it wasn't mine to begin with. What the fuck are you talking about? It's not like I'm a, I was a cardiologist. And I was like, I can't handle this. Let's go. I was <laughs> like, no shit's about to hit the fan. I've been there I got to make sure my mom's taken care of. I'm going to go to Atlanta and keep an eye on her. (laughs) There's a level two, I think, this year with like this COVID shaming in the sense. Like the other day I had a mask on and some woman said that my mask wasn't enough. I was like, ma'am, I am doing my part to wear a mask to protect myself, to protect others. And this woman was upset that I didn't have like a full N95. I said, where the fuck are you getting these? (laughs) in person or DM DM. And I was like, ma'am, I don't know what to tell you. I really think this year has turned people into either an expert, an asshole or an alcoholic. Those three things. You know, it's interesting, though, speaking of like the Addison Ray hanging out with Courtney, I've realized this. And again, more power to Kylie, but her friend Stassi baby. Do you know Stassi baby? Oh, I know Stassi baby. <laughs> Dude, I went on a fucking three-hour deep dive about how Stasi Baby and Kylie are clearly get BFF. Like, you know, you used to get the charm bracelet with the heart right. that would split apart and say like BFF and one other friend would have forever. They go to the same plastic surgeon. And I was thinking about the immense pressure to be Kylie's friend because all of her friends had the exact same body. If your friends went in for like a group plastic surgery, would you be in? How do you feel about it? That's
1: such an existential question of like, <laughs> <laughs> like maybe I, I think that you only your reference group really does impact the way you perceive yourself, the way you perceive yourself relevant to society. And, and especially in the context of Jordan Woods getting exiled. Oh, that was dramatic. For wronging her. And, you know, in, uh, according to Red Table Talk, what was innocuous to her, according to the Kardashians, was very deliberate. Chloe's back with Tristan. Where the hell is Jordan? I, I think that Stasi Baby... Where the
0: hell is Jordan? Yeah,
1: Stassi yep. Baby is on thin ice at all times. And she knows if she <laughs> is, like, not keeping up with the Jenners. Because I think that the Brazilian butt lift, that's a fat transfer, right? It's, like, from the that is to the ass. Yeah, you suck. Suck
0: all the fat out of your tummy and all the other places you put it in your ass. And that's why when Kim got the x-ray, of course, she didn't have implants because it's her own fat. You see what they did there. It is what it is.
1: And people weren't really aware of that procedure at that time because we were like butt implants. We weren't as aware of like procedural things. If that's what you see all the time and that's your standard of beauty, I can see you wanting to alter that over time. And then if somebody offers to pay for it, like, what am I going to do?
0: I was just with my Pie Cap of Pasta girls and I literally, and they're all stunning, gorgeous babes, but we were laughing. I looked around and I go, guys, there isn't one of us that has the most banging bod ever that we would be like, we're all going to go in and get her body. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were like, we're all just like trying to make it and like keep our head above water. Live your life. One tiny rib cage ruins a whole bunch. Yeah, no fucking shit. Well, our friend Carrie, she's a doctor. She does have like the most ripped abs. I was like, okay, Carrie's like out of the whole group, we could probably take Carrie in and like maybe all use her as an example of what we want to look like. But um, yeah, the the pressure to, to have plastic surgery to hang out with Kylie. I mean, but then again, I'm like, but if she's paying for it, I'm like, I'm all
1: in. Just fucking suck the fat out, put it wherever. Oh, totally. You know, I don't care. Do you ever think about that though? If you have super famous friends, like who pays for what and how, at what point is it weird? Like when people just have F you money and like, to them, you know, your dinner at Mr. Chow is there like, you know, they make that in five minutes. It's like, at what point do you offer to pay, even though it would like really make a dent to you, but not to them and not take advantage. I always think, like, do they Venmo? But does Corey Gamble pay for a thing?
0: I don't know. Does Corey (laughs) fucking pay for a (laughs) thing? There's no way. And that's that's the T right there. That's the real question. Yeah, I don't know. I've been out with like professional athletes and they always pick up the tab, but I do know that they have like a $40 million signing bonus. You know, right. so, like, <laughs> Yeah,
1: don't feel I've bad I've had mild
0: about success. <laughs> well, my thing is, is like if they're the one who picks a restaurant, if you want to go to Nobu Malibu and you're a an af- professional athlete and you order seven literally like boat f- boats full of sashimi, I can't keep up with you. You're paying for fucking dinner. Right. You know what oh, I mean? Absolutely.
1: Have you been to Nobu Malibu?
0: I did. And I've only, well, I've only been there once and it was for this party. So I didn't have to pay anything. Ugh, but God I bless. heard if you, if you go there on your own, you leave hungry. You spend like ten thousand dollars and you leave so hungry.
1: I think Scott Disick sleeps in the basement. Like he and Sophia Richie <laughs> are always there. No, I want to go so badly, but the joke is the sh- Chicago is the most accessible market. I should be like you know Chicago so House. It's just a different vibe here. It's a little little lower barrier to entry. I cannot get a reservation at Nobu Chicago for the life of me. And um, really, no.
0: <laughs> okay, if anybody's listening, Nobu, if you hear us, we would really like a little the whole help. Point of <laughs> You know, it's so funny. They're building a Nobu hotel here in Atlanta. So we're going to get the hotel and obviously the restaurant. And we have this really great sushi place called Umi that's like very high in sushi. It's like the, the best spot. And everybody in Atlanta, I literally heard a woman at my mom's country club go, Nobu? What the hell do we need with, uh, with the Nobu? All these assholes from L.A. think this is so fucking cool. Hell, we got Umi sushi. And I'm like, these these old ladies are just like not impressed with the Nobu Malibu. <laughs> they you, not So fucking it. funny. <laughs> They do not get it. They don't get it. I'm like, I'm here for the, you know, spicy tuna crispy
1: rice. I'm just saying. Why everyone doesn't sell crispy rice is just like one of the questions I'll forever Beyond be asking me. myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let you get out of here, but I wanted to hear if you have any absolutely knots for the year. And any last absolutely yeses? Anything positive for us to look forward to and anything that you're just like, guys, moving forward, we got to change our ways.
1: Conversation uh, about TikTok. I really like, I really have a triggering issue with that like dance move that's so popular. That's that, that where you where you artificially hold a mop and move it. And it's just everywhere right now. And it's in, but Cardi B then comes out with a song that has like bucket and a mop. And now it's just like taking off next level. So that's just like a small, absolutely not for me. It's like these. you're a trained dancer that. and you're, you're grabbing a fake mop and like Cinderella, like what? do we have nothing better to right. do dance-wise? Uh, I think that would be my, my one absolutely not, An absolutely yes for me would be like, have you watched Love on the Spectrum? Oh, my favorite show ever. It's the best. It really points out that like how we're all doing it wrong in terms of the smoke and mirrors of dishonesty in the name of politeness. If you're not interested, just tell someone. Don't go someone. Watching it has been like a really interesting exercise. On the show, if you haven't seen it, guys, if you're listening, um, they basically
0: say like, all right, you know, with autism, sometimes you don't have a filter right? And it's just, but they're just very straightforward. It's like, you know, Kate loves Chinese food and to go dancing, hates the sound of dogs barking and nails on a chalkboard. And you're like, you just know going into it, your likes and dislikes. And then, you know, this guy, Mike, who's just so endearing to me, he sits down on the first date and he's like, I like anime and chicken genders. What's up? And they're like, that's it. Be my girlfriend, be my boyfriend. God, can you only imagine if we had that level of honesty when we were in our early years of dating? It'd be amazing. Where would
1: we be now? you know? (laughs) I'm just trying to find like small moments of joy, whether it's a glass of wine, a crispy rice, peak of hope at a Oba reservation, a giggle listening to your podcast, whatever it may be. I love that. And listen, we're going to get through this year. We're almost to the other side.
0: Kate, where can everybody find you? What should they be tuning into these days?
1: Yes. You can find me at Be There in Five on Instagram, F-I-V-E, not the number five. My podcast is Be There in Five as well. And yeah. That's pretty much it. And just like, you know, supporting the T-Swift
0: of it all and, uh, you know, breaking down those conspiracy theories on TikTok. Kate, thanks so much for coming on. I love adore you. I love following you on Instagram. And hey, we're, we're living our best life. We're getting through 2020. You're the best. A couple of blonde
1: gals talking to ourselves. <laughs> I love you. Thanks, Heather.
0: Thanks, Kate, for coming on the podcast. As always, you can like, click, subscribe. Me however you do that, uh, you know, click on the button. What do you want me to tell you to do? I can't hold your hand through life. Uh, JK, love you, man. Call into the hotline, the absolutely not line. You know, I want to hear your calls. Let me know what's going on with you. Let me know if you're, you know, you've had an interesting run in with some gentlemen. Let me know if you're T Swift fan. I don't care. Just update me on your life. I love each and every one of you. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being the best. And I'll see you next week. Ciao.